0: You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. We're going to be looking at the Gospel of John, and we've actually got Farai and Kuda who are going to be reading the passage to us. So thank you very much to those guys.
1: We are reading from John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. The Empty Tomb Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to summon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead.
2: Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying, As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realise it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher jesus said do not hold on to me for i have not yet returned to the father go instead to my brothers and tell them i am returning to my father and your father to my god and your god mary magdalene went to the disciples with the news i have seen the lord and she told them that he had said these things to her.
0: I want to ask you the question this morning. What are you most missing with the lockdown? Seeing friends, going to work, shopping, watching sport, a beer at the pub, going to the barber's. We've all had home haircuts, haven't we? Maybe it's all of the above. I guess for me, one of the things that I've really missed is going to a musical in London. I love living in London and I love the things that we have. I miss the shows. Some of you might be aware that Andrew Lloyd Webber has now started on the YouTube, The Show Must Go On. This week, I guess being Easter, they put on Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. But the show does not finish the story. It stops at the death of Jesus. Whereas Easter Sunday, the message is clearly this. He is risen. I would say that's an even greater Jesus Christ superstar. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the climax of their Gospel is Jesus has risen. The Gospels do not even count this as... The third day, they all describe Easter as the first day. Why? Because it's almost like the creation of the world again, a new beginning. Jesus has risen. This is a new creation. I'm going to have a quick look at at the passage we just heard read to us. John 20 verses 1 to 18. I'm going to bring three points from this. They all begin with F to help you remember them. The facts, the feelings and the faith. Let's look at the facts. John is writing a systematic gospel about the life of Jesus. It's almost like you guys, girls, you're all in the jury and I'm presenting the evidence. And I want you to consider the evidence. That's very much the flavour of the gospel of John. It starts while it is still dark. We think the ladies got up between three and six in the morning. They were desperate to get down to that tomb. But beyond that, in the Gospel of John, anything physical reflects something spiritual. So the fact that it was dark was telling you something. It sets the scene. It's a fact that he's presenting to you. Nicodemus One of the religious leaders that was confused about who was this Jesus, went to see Jesus at night. His confusion was reflected by the darkness. Judas, one of the disciples, Jesus Christ superstar tells the story, who betrays Jesus, does that at night. John 19 had finished with the words of Jesus, It is finished. And so John presents the fact that this is dark and gloomy. The Pope and the Archbishop of Canterbury in their Easter talks have both mentioned that in this time of darkness, we need the light of Jesus to break through. The ladies go down to the tomb. This was a custom in Palestine at the time. People visited the tomb, not on the Sabbath because that was the holy day, but they visited the tomb for the first three days. It was considered that the spirit would hover between the body and sort of heaven because the body was still recognizable for three days. After three days, the spirit departed. They'd gone there to show their respect. This was an eyewitness account. I have two brothers. (laughs) If I'd have outrun one of them, I would make sure that that fact was in the story. The disciple that Jesus loved, we believe to be John, the author of the gospel. And so this is not some myth. It's not some legend. It's not, oh, this was a possible. This was, oh no, I was there. I'm presenting the story. We discover that that Mary finds the stone has been rolled away. The grave has been disturbed. The body is not there. There's a build-up of facts that is being presented to the jury. Some extra details get in, don't they? When suddenly we we find that the, the disciple who Jesus loved Stands outside and peers in. He sees the strips of linen that would have been wrapped around the body of Jesus. Then Peter, the impetuous one, turns up, goes straight into the tomb and sees the cloth that would have been around the head of Jesus. This is a logical, ordered account. The scene and details are not chaotic, but gradually reveal the fact he is not here he is risen 2 p m 25th of july 1992 sib cup that was the facts of when i got married married my wife nicky But actually, there's so much more to marriage than just some facts. And I believe that the second part of the reading gives us some insight into the feelings. It's almost like we've understood the resurrection in black and white. And now we're going to full colour. We have the impact and the emotions of Mary. Weeping, crying, such sadness. It's fascinating, isn't it? There was two angels, one at the head and one at the foot. When Jesus had died, we know there were two criminals, one either side. In his death, he'd been surrounded by, some would say, the worst of mankind. But in his resurrection, it's almost like heaven was announcing he's risen. We know for Mary, she was looking into the tomb and weeping. Suddenly she turns around. She'd been looking in the wrong direction. I guess there's that challenge for some of us. Do we just need to turn around and look at Jesus this morning? She asks the question of this gardener, where? Where's the body? She's looking for a corpse. She wants to show respect. Maybe she wants to rebury the body of Jesus. Maybe she just wants to be close. I guess the challenge is for so many of us at this Easter, we're looking for something and not someone. Jesus then says her name, Mary. Mm. It is something personal and connecting. It's, it's like the tender touch of a saviour. You can see how the colour is all coming into this account of the resurrection. She probably wanted to stay. We don't fully understand about do not touch. We know that later he says to Thomas, you can touch me. I guess the reality is that Jesus then sends Mary to tell others. It's not passive amazement, but active mission. Don't just stay here, but I want you to share this because that's something of the story. It is such great. Hey, if you know where flour is, let us know. Everybody wants to bake a cake. Mm -hmm. I guess what I find fascinating are the words of Jesus. Because he then says, throughout the Gospel, he's described God as the Father or my Father. This is the first time he now says, your Father. Throughout the Gospel, he has referred to the disciples as servants, disciples, and friends. Now he refers to them as brothers. You see, in this account of the resurrection, we suddenly see that Jesus rising from the dead has changed everything. He knows our name. He wants us to turn towards him. He wants us to know God as our father. The other three Gospels all use the statement, he is not here, he has risen. You can read that in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John And it's great that we've got accounts from four different people. John focuses, though, on Mary. Her weeping turns to joy. She says, I have seen the Lord. This is what he said to me. You see, I think this leads into my third point this morning, the whole thing of faith. You see, the fact is she'd gone from weeping to joy. She said, it's not just, oh, I've experienced, I've seen God. He's spoken to me. It's about relationship. The disciple that Jesus loved, he went into the tomb. It says he saw and he believed. If we'd have had time, we could have read the whole of John chapter 20. The next passage is Jesus appearing to the disciples. We know that he had 12 disciples. Down to 11 now without Judas. He appeared to them. Oh, but Thomas wasn't there. So then at the end of John 20, we've got him appearing to Thomas as well. But John even slips something in at the end of the first passage, just saying they hadn't even remembered the scriptures. You see, he's presenting this logical case and he's saying that I want you to believe. And in fact, believe this, but also believe that it was told long ago. What were some of the scriptures that John was referring to? Well, we think one of them was Hosea 2, that's 6, Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, where it says, on the third day, he will restore us. We know that the, the prophet Jonah was considered a picture of Jesus. We know from Jonah 1 that he was three days and three nights in the fish. And then he was like, came back. We know from Psalm 16, where it says, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor let your faithful ones see decay. In many respects, the Old Testament had been looking forward to when the Messiah came, he would rise. Someone said, the Christian faith is nothing if Christ has not risen bodily, factually, actually from the dead. When I say faith, what comes to mind? Funny, I'm old enough to think of um, George Michael. First album post-WHAM was called Faith. Wanted a new start. He was asked what the faith was all about and he said it was to do with hope and optimism. The Gospel of John is much clearer on what our faith should be in. Throughout the book, he's been presenting this case like a jury and saying, Your faith needs to be in Jesus. In John 3, 16, when Nicodemus had gone to see Jesus, we get the words very well known, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We know that when the official came and asked for his son to be healed in John 4, Jesus said, your son will live the man took Jesus at his word and went and found that his son was alive. We know in John 8 that it was a validation of who Jesus was because many believed in him. John 8 verse 30. We know in John 14 when Jesus is praying for his disciples because he knows that he's going to the cross. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. In fact, at the end, of John 20, if we'd have read the whole chapter. John even says, I wrote this, that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. That is John 20 verse 31. Now you might say to me, oh Pete, it's easy for them to believe. Peter and John had the evidence of the tomb. Mary had the encounter with Jesus. I guess that's why John included the story of Thomas. Because he was said, you don't have to, you know, it's blessed are those who, who don't see, but those that hear. You can read about that in John twenty twenty nine. Jesus said to him, you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You see, the declaration on Easter Sunday, he is risen. It's not a creed to be spoken, but a relationship to be enjoyed. I would like to say that the resurrection is historical. It's true fact. I would like to say the resurrection is universal. There are over two billion Christians on this planet today that will claim to have seen the Lord. And this is what he said to me. It's a radical life change. Those that are angry become full of peace because they've encountered Jesus. Those that are bitter choose to forgive because they've encountered Jesus. Those that are hostile overflow with love. Those that are independent, part of a loving community. Those that are insecure, have identity and purpose. Those that are anxious possess hope because they've seen the risen Jesus and heard what he said to them. And the final thing I'd like to say about the resurrection, it's historical, it's universal, but it's personal. And it may be you've tuned in on an Easter Sunday. Friends invited you to come and join us. We're so glad that you're with us today. But actually, I'd love you to know the resurrection. We often say a prayer when we meet on a Sunday. I know that we're not all together, which is an opportunity for those that do not know Jesus that say, I would like to know him. I'm gonna go through that prayer now. And if you'd like to pray, you can just say amen at the end. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me the forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive this gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.